Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, William Liu of Yahoo Sports Canada. And on this week's episode of the Raptors Recap, I have Yahoo Sports NBA reporter, Sirat Sohi. How's it going well? It's going well. It's going well. We were just talking about Kawhi uh, and whether or not he will stay. Obviously, that is the one question that we could literally do a podcast on every week. We could save it for a little bit later, but um, I think right now everyone's focused on the playoffs. Um, and to me, like, I'm... I feel pretty confident in the team, uh, and it it only it got reinforced more so when I saw a picture of the starting five get tweeted out. Now it's like one of those things where you're like you, you remember when the Raptors first made this playoff run in 2014 and all the iterations of the team they had, and it was just like looking at Marcus All standing beside Pascal, standing beside Kawhi and Danny Green and Kyle Lowry, and then it reminded me of this picture of like there's like it's like an iconic Raptors picture, but there's like Kyle Lowry sitting beside DeMar DeRozan, sitting beside Terrence Ross, sitting beside JV, and Amir Johnson's walking past the bench. And I'm thinking, like, that is such a, such a different team than what we had compared to in previous runs. So, I mean, I, I just – where do you stand with this current iteration of the team? Uh, better than that former iteration, for sure. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it does – it definitely does speak to the evolution of the team, which has been very incremental. It's been little move, little move. Obviously, then a very big move in, in trading for Kawhi, but – you know, I was thinking about this actually when I was thinking about potential playoff matchups is that every single potential opponent has a revenge factor. Ooh. Obviously, there's Dwayne Casey and, yes. and the Pistons. Then with the Magic, you've got Terrence Ross. Okay. And, and then, DJ Augustine. Of course. Of yeah, course. Can't forget can't forget DJ. DJ. <laughs> I mean, he got cut because he couldn't beat out like Dwight Bikes and uh, Julian Stone. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's turning around. He always does. He always does. Yeah. I mean, DJ Augustine is one of those players where I think uh, you know, I think somebody should do a deep dive on him and just kind of figure out why he manages to somehow be effective despite all signs pointing to the fact that he should not be effective. But he plays on pretty much every team he's ever been on. And, yep. you know, I think maybe it's just a testament to being a reasonably smart point guard and not yeah. making mistakes. Anyway, enough DJ Augustine talk. But, you know, with the Nets, you have Damari Carroll as well. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. It just kind of speaks to the fact that the Raptors have had to shed a lot of layers to Mm -hmm. become the team that they've become. And that's kind of the story of of this era of of Raptors. uh, Like, I guess the Raptors under Masai Ujiri is just kind of being, like, not okay with the way that things stand as they are. So you're getting rid of this guy or getting rid of that guy or Mm -hmm. getting rid of DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think one of the reasons why that, that picture of like 2014, that first playoff run versus 2019. Now it's like, if you look, just compare position by position, it felt like, you know, at that time, 2014, you're thinking like DeMar DeRozan's like, okay, wow. He's actually like a productive, Mm -hmm. positive NBA player now. And you're hoping like, can he get to the point where he's a superstar wing like Kawhi Leonard? Mm -hmm. And then you look at Terrence Ross and you're like, you know, he has some talents, but can he just be a 3 and D guy like Danny Green? And, like, you look at JV, and at the time, I think there was that hope that the Raptors really wanted Marcus Saul. It was like Marcus Saul was mm-hmm. the white whale. Yeah. Um, you know, no pun intended. But, I mean, like, it was like hopefully that, like, JV could be the next, like... No, Marcus Saul's very slim. He looks great. <laughs> um, but he does love watching whales. That's that's super does adorable. He? Yeah, apparently he wants to take his kids to go watch whales, which uh, is... He just didn't watch Blackfish, did he? No. Oh. No. Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully not. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it was the, the hope that, like, JV would become, you know, next great skilled European big man who could pass, who can shoot, who could play defense, like a Marcus Um 
And, you know, even Amir Johnson, who I think served his role well, but, like, it was like, can he be more than a hustle player? Kind of like, you know, Pascal. And even Kyle Lowry is like, he's changed a lot. You know, like, who he was in 2014 is not who he is now. And we'll talk more about Kyle on this podcast, but um, it just really strikes me that this team is super different. And so I feel like, is it really fair to sort of carry the same baggage for this team on this playoff run? Because obviously there's a lot of baggage with the Raptors at all times. It is hard to say. Okay. I do think that it's different only because Kawhi brings such a different energy to this team. It's something that they haven't really experienced before. Obviously somebody that has a championship pedigree has won a finals MVP. I think Danny Green brings a lot of that too. And Marcus Gasol has been in a lot of battles, and he hasn't won a championship, but he's been on a team that has consistently outperformed what they're supposed to do and is really built to thrive in the playoffs mm-hmm. and, and had a very fearless demeanor in like the grit and grind Memphis Grizzlies. Those were teams that historically... You know, kind of well. They beat up on Raptors East. They beat up on the Clippers, yeah, right? They so did. there is. A, wow. I, I think that there is definitely a different dynamic to this team. Nick Nurse is a very different head coach than Dwayne Casey is in that regard. You know, they're not chasing the one seed. They're prioritizing the long game. The, the thing that I consistently have been thinking about recently is I think about the difference between these Raptors and last year's Raptors is. is the way that Casey was so desperate to win his 60th game. Yeah. yeah that would just, yeah. that's just like, we're not, we're not, there's no regular season franchise records to beat anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. there are, but that's just not a priority. That's not something that right. they think about. Nobody is trying to make the regular season their, their crowning achievement. Not that that's what Casey was trying to do. I mean, I, I, I understand why he wanted to win coach of the year. He's had a long and distinguished career in his eye to be honest, not been given the recognition that he deserves. So you see why he would chase it. But this team is different in Mm -hmm. that regard, right? And DeMar was kind of that way, where he felt like he was constantly slighted. And I think that that kind of got in their way sometimes, whereas these guys are just way more confident, I think, in who they are because the world sees them for what they really are. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes a long way. It gives, I think it gives the Raptors a lot more confidence. And I think that hopefully it will bear itself on the playoffs. The Raptors lose in the final or, or don't make it to the finals. I think it will be because of matchup driven basketball reasons, not because they got in their own heads. Yeah. And I think, you know, that point about getting in their own heads, like part of why I think a lot of Raptors fans have this sort of baggage with the playoffs is because like, you just see the team lose year after year by like 30 points. Right. And it's like, you know, um, getting blocked by a 36-year-old Paul Pierce, and then the next year you're getting swept by 37-year-old Paul Pierce, and then the next year, you know, LeBron is, I mean, like, like the series won six games, but it was, like Cleveland won that thing by like at least 100 points. Well, what did LeBron say? Like, I've been in adverse yeah. situations in my career. Oh, <laughs> this was not an adverse situation. LeBron was just like, God, look- that was just a spike to the heart. Like, I mean, he just kept delivering those spikes, man. Yeah, um, he did, he did. 2017 i mean like kind of the same result and even last year it was like even more of the same right so um you know i think with this group i'm like really confident that like if anything else like they if they do get beat they'll get beat but they won't necessarily um sort of just like seize up in the moment and stop being able Mm -hmm. to perform right these are guys who as you mentioned like they're, they're veterans um they've gone to the finals in some cases i mean even serge Ibaka, who like obviously last year had a really really terrible forgettable playoff run um, but even he's had a lot of like huge playoff moments. I remember like that OKC Spurs like battle to get out of 2014. Like if Ibaka wasn't hurt for like two of those games, I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. OKC goes to the finals, and if OKC goes to the finals, maybe they beat the Heat. I- I'm not really sure. And of course, that changes the legacy of Kawhi, Danny Green, and and this latest chapter of the Spurs. But you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like because the players are very different, I'm also very. Uh, different in terms of I'm at least I'm more willing to give the team like confidence going to the playoffs and for me like someone asked me this yesterday about like how confident on a scale of one to ten am I about the Raptors heading into the playoffs and I think I said like 8.5 mm-hmm. so I, I wanted to see what out of 10 where would you say the Raptors are confidence wise where the Raptors are confidence wise or where you are confidence wise okay with the Raptors. I think the Raptors are very very good confidence wise right now I think they've had some really strong wins i think their their starting lineup just looks incredible right now for me um i'm gonna try not to cop out of this 
So I was I was gonna say that it, my confidence in them performing up to their expectations is very high. It's probably a ten. I think they will. Wow. I think they will do the best that they can do. It's just you know it, it, there's so much riding on this season, and I just I I don't think that this is a team that that channels that in the wrong ways anymore. Right. Um, my confidence about them making it to the finals. It's still pretty high. I'd say it's probably around an eight. Wow. Okay. Just because it's I mean, the, the process the... of elimination. You know, the Bucks are they're right. really trying to do this for the first time. They're a little bit banged up. It's hard to come back in the playoffs. We saw it last year with, with Fred trying to come back mm-hmm. in the middle of a playoff series. It's different. It's not like just right. you know, missing two weeks and sort of working your way back in. So they're gonna be dealing with that with Brogdon and, and Miritich. And it's also just, you know, when push comes to shove, if it's going to come down to whether Giannis can continue to dunk on uh, on playoff defenses, and if he can't, which historically, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to pin yeah, history yeah. against Giannis, right? Because yeah. he's such a revolutionary player that he's kind of he's kind of fit to break the molds that have worked before. Like he's not necessarily Ben Simmons, but if he is, I love Chris Middleton. Yeah. I think Chris Middleton is better than DeMar DeRozan, <laughs> okay. but I don't think that he's. Uh, we can now say that in Toronto now, right? Without, without yeah, yeah. I just I have to say because. Yeah. You know, I think the entire city of, of oh. Toronto hates him, but Ben Golliver is a close friend of mine. <laughs> okay. And uh, he ended up being right. He ended up being wow. right. Wow. Uh, but, you know, Chris Middleton is not going to be the guy that... I don't think he's going to be the guy that shoots you to, to to the NBA Finals, so... Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And, yeah. and look, I, I do think, like, the Bucks, like... Um, you know, like, Bud is... Like, they do deserve a ton of credit, right? Because mm-hmm. Bud has, like, done such a great job with that team, and they've, like, consistently performed, but... You know, there is a little bit of concern for me of, like, you, you look at Giannis, like, he's playing 110% every single night. And mm-hmm. that's a great mentality to have. And he's young. And he has the energy to do that. And obviously, he has, like, the athleticism to do that. But, like, if you're already doing 110% in the regular season, are you going to be able to, like, step that to another level in the playoffs, right? It's not like you've seen a game where Giannis is coasting. Whereas, there's honestly, quite honestly, a lot of games you're, like, looking at Kawhi, you're like, yeah, he's playing like thirty. Oh, I'm excited 40%. for what, ga- what game one of Kawhi looks like because yeah. it's it's pretty clear that he's he's got some stuff in the tank that he hasn't shown yet. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of there's a lot of good reasons to be positive about the Raptors. If if we think about sort of where they could potentially get tripped up, what would you say the Raptors' Achilles heel is? Uh, I think their Achilles heel is probably if you can take Marcus Gasol out of a series on. On defense, okay, because he's become so important to their offense. Right, you know, he's really just a guy who, you know, Kawhi and Kyle weren't necessarily playing that well together, and he has fi- kind of found a way to fuse their games together in a way mm-hmm. that really makes sense for their offense. Obviously, Serge has been more than capable. The starting lineup with Serge is, you know, I, I don't remember the numbers anymore, but you know, they're they're decent. Yeah, yeah. they're fine. Like you know, that's not a bad. Uh, bad backup situation to have and sometimes it'll be the starting situation but i just think that gasol is really what powered this team that trade is what powered this team just through little marginal improvements that they've made into being the team that is this confident that looks this playoff ready and you know there there are a lot of guys that can beat him off the dribble and he's exceptional positionally but Mm -hmm. he's getting older and when you mine that stuff over and over again in the playoffs I think I can I can picture a scenario where, let's say it's the Celtics and it's Kyrie Irving, you know, like yeah. that's that. I don't like that bet for the Raptors. Yeah, I agree with you. The Celtics is, I mean that that little the small point guard thing has just hurt the Raptors a couple of times. Even when you go break it down into like guys like Ish Smith, have like oh, yeah. really given the Raptors like more issues than mm-hmm. um, Ish Smith would pose literally any other team. And I, I think yeah, in terms of matchups, Kyrie obviously is one that. Um, especially at the point of because like, I think what exacerbates like Gasol thing is that they don't really have a really lateral quick um, perimeter defender. Like obviously they have Kawhi, and that's great, uh, but like you know for smaller point guards, you're probably not going to put Kawhi mm-hmm. on Kyrie. Maybe you do for s- select possessions, but like that's probably not your first option. And you probably are looking at Danny Green, who is very positionally sound, but like his lateral quickness is not entirely there. And then it's like Kyle Lowry, who like both of them are thirty. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have to say, I think it's time to retire Danny Green on quick point guards. Yeah, it's not good. It hasn't, it hasn't gone well this season. No. Especially against Kyrie. Especially against Kyrie. Um, Kyrie's had mm-hmm. some killer games against the Raptors. He had like an 18 assist game. Thinking, yeah. yeah. 
And that was really concerning because I've never seen Kyrie play make like that before. But it was just him got in. He got into lane every single time. Mm-hmm. He collapsed and he kicked it to a shooter. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Kyrie at his best can just do what he feels like, you know. But I do think that Siakam could be an interesting option against him. Oh, so you're pulling up the John Wall 2.0. Hey, it worked. It, it, it did work, kind of. I, I, I thought it worked pretty well. I think OG worked pretty well. I mean, you okay. do have to you have to get it. I think just any any guy like like Kyrie, you just kind of have to get creative with it. Where you just throw multiple looks, multiple different times, and I think we've seen actually the Raptors experiment experiment with that in the regular season against certain matchups. I mean, they're not necessarily come to my head. Harden's Harden's actually one where in the fourth, I think that without any subs, they were kind of like, oh, now we're gonna go with this guy and this guy. Mm-hmm. And that that might be one of uh, Nurse's little fun things that he likes to do, but uh, you know yeah. that that could potentially be an option. Um, they obviously have plenty of bodies. Kyrie's gonna kill you no matter what. At the end of the day, that's true. It's just a matter of how you deal with it and but i i am confident in i mean who 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 would you who would you have defended Kyrie? like there's a, there's a couple guys in the league that you can think of that maybe you know like a contavious caldwell pope type of guy mm-hmm. maybe he could be an asset but the raptors have all the prototypes of the type of defenders that you would want it's just a matter of figuring out which one if any will be the one that works Right, because I think, like, ideally, if they could have, like, it's weird to say Pat McCaw, but, like, a guy who's, mm-hmm. like, long and quick. And, like, what makes Kyrie so effective is not only because he can you break it down off the dribble, but, like, if he comes across that screen and he forces your big into a decision, um, that's what makes him so slippery. But then, like, a guy like McCaw could even go around the screen uh, because he's so skinny. Like, it's so easy for him to get and just mm-hmm. navigate and fight through. But, I mean, obviously, you're not going to start Pat McCaw and play him 40 minutes against Kyrie. Right. Um, I think, quite honestly, it might... And the more I'm thinking about it, it might have to be a guy like Kawhi, where you just use your size as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And then um, maybe just try to limit his ball handling a little bit, because Kawhi's so good at swiping for the like crossover and stuff. But, I mean, I, I also don't really see Kyrie getting picked that much on the crossover. He's, like, probably the best ball handler mm-hmm. of all time. Maybe him or Allen Iverson. But... Well, it's an interesting experiment, though. Like, best... Uh... Yeah. I, is there has there any has there ever been anybody better at stealing the ball than Kawhi Leonard? That's right? the thing, right? I mean, in terms of on ball defenders, like you know, you do have that luxury. But I, I feel like, especially with the Celtics, like you know, we're getting a little bit off topic. But I mean, like you know, you Kyle can guard most of the other wings, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not like if Kyle has to guard. I would Marcus love if Jalen Brown decided to just post up Kyle for this yeah. Year. Like it, it won't go work. go yeah. ahead, you know, <laughs> it, do your thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jalen Brown. I mean, like even Jason Tatum, because you know Jason Tatum is one hundred percent taking that fadeaway. Yeah, that Kobe style fadeaway. I feel like Tatum would make it though. <sighs> yeah, last year playoff Tatum was pretty nice. Last year, yeah. if you're going to be completely honest about it, but um, but I mean, you know, going back to that larger point about like you know taking Gasol the game defensively, right? Like, aside from Kyrie, is there anyone else in the East that can really do that? Uh well, you know, Embiid used to be a big problem, and I think Gasol. That's probably going to be one of the benefits of the Gasol trade is that he will find a way to to lessen that. Kawhi kicks Ben Simmons' ass all over the floor. Yeah, like yeah. on both ends. I'm it's not a little too... bit embarrassing for Ben <laughs> yeah. Simmons, honestly. Like a guy who can't really dribble that well um, versus Kawhi is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not a good situation for him. Um, I'm not sure. You yeah. know, I think Victor Oladipo would have been a guy. That's true. That. You know, especially in a playoff series, that pull-up jumper, just with the speed at which he gets it off and whether it d- decides whether he's going to keep going or not, like that would have been a big problem for the Raptors. Kyrie really just sticks out as the one guy. I think Tatum would actually. They have a lot. They have a lot more solutions to Tatum that are that are a little bit more obvious. Right. And then then after that, I think it's Giannis. But even with Giannis, I think like you could. F- keep Gasol in the floor. In fact, you would want Gasol's presence around the basket. Uh, just like a huge body to yeah, put maybe. into paint, right? Yeah, for sure. I think with the way that Giannis plays, you definitely you know, you know, definitely see that happening. I think maybe you run into some issues if you put Giannis at the five. But that Siak- is interesting, yeah. Siakam is... Uh, Siakam is probably one of the more well-suited guys to guard Giannis. I think between what I've seen this, this season, I think him and Al Horford have been two of the best right. Giannis defenders. And yeah, I'm, I don't know if you put him at the five. I mean, you can mix some stuff around. You just yeah. see what happens. But maybe hide Gasol on one of. That's the thing. The Bucks like wings go or something. Yeah, the thing. The yeah. Bucks wings don't play we'll make as much. Yeah, so you can kind of like. It's like it's not like okay. Yeah, if Nikola Mirotic decides to dribble to the basket against Gasol, I'm like yeah, I think Gasol should be able to handle that like most times, yeah. right? 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't... I see that as an issue. I see that more of an issue, definitely in the finals, because I have no idea what the Raptors do in the finals if they get that far and they play the oh, Warriors. My, like that's a, that's yeah. a championship right there, you know. Like, oh, we, yeah, don't, yeah. we don't have to talk about that. No, we got to hang like a just like a division or not a division, a conference banner, and sure. we really celebrate that. Like, yeah. like make like rings, like you know, like a. Like Where a, would the parade be? Uh, I mean, I mean, they'll probably bring it down like Young, just like you know the line one. You know, we're getting real regional here in Toronto. But, like, yeah, just, like, line one on the subway line. Okay. Yeah, just do that. It's probably too That'd long of a nice parade. For, yeah. yeah. That'd be or cool. Go down the harbor, maybe. That'd be fun. You could do it from the yeah. practice facility to the arena. Wow. The true road to the six. Yeah. Yeah. Do it from, like, uh, the Hershey Center or... Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no. Not, not that. Blake Murphy would like that, though. <laughs> but, man. Yeah. Blake's visited, like, every coffee shop near there writing <laughs> recaps about jordan lloyd um yeah i mean in terms of like the achilles heel i i also think like to me like the bench is a bit of an issue and i think it's more of an issue now because og like he had obviously that concussion and he came back and um he just hasn't looked good at mm-hmm. all right and so you know that's understandable for sure you miss time and you're concussed like you know that's not a lot you can do and you lose your rhythm but um you know if you don't have that backup four off the bench and Norm is literally all or nothing. And you got, you know, two guys in Surge and Van Blee who you can rely on for the most part. But I think they still need, like, one or two more guys off that bench to actually give them something. And I'm just not sure OG can do that right now. And so the bench does worry me a bit. What, what, where are you at with the bench? I can't tell you how little I care about the bench. Wow, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, this kind of goes back to the thing with last year, right? Like, I mean, they'll... Like, somebody will start playing better. They have too many guys, and and I think it might even be OG. And if it's going to be OG just coming in and playing spot four minutes, yeah, it'll hurt you when he misses some shots. You don't have to play him a lot. Yeah. You're going to up the minutes for the starters anyway. I mean, this benches don't matter that much in the playoffs. We've seen this time and time again. I think they'll find a rotation. Like, this isn't... The last time I remember a bench being the reason a team lost the playoffs was... I think two years ago when the Celtics and the Wizards went seven games. Right. The Wizards were mad then. Yeah. And that's, this is just not the situation here, you know? Yeah, that's true. Who were the Wizards bring off the bench that year? I think, like, like Sadoransky was their best bench player, which now sounds fine. Yeah, but exactly. Back yeah. then was not really a situation that you wanted to, to be in. They're bringing, like, Yama Himni. Were they playing him oh, still? Oh, yeah, they were. And they were playing – well, they were bringing – they were bringing him in over Jason Smith, and I remember oh, yeah. that this this yeah, speaks to I guess bad. how bad wow, it was because in my in my estimation at the time, I was just thinking this would be a different series if if, if Scotty Books was playing Jason Smith instead of Young wow. Mahimi, which in the margins it might have been because that was a very close series, but. I mean, this yeah. like that's these are not Raptors problems, you know. Like we, you're right, you're right. Masai's done a better job than Ernie, you know, who you know got mm-hmm. let go finally. I can't believe he finally got let go. But yeah, it was also that summer, but not that summer. The year before, they were like talking about Katie to, uh, Katie to DC, and like Katie was like, I'm I don't want to play at home, but okay. Uh, so he didn't even get a meeting, and then they took all that cap room that they were saving and they spent it on Otto Porter, Mahimni, and Jason Smith. And I think Nicholson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Andrew Nicholson. I have a, I have That's a, a guy that got money. He got a lot of money, <laughs> and then he just left. What is it with Canadians just taking the big contract and then, you know. Well, we like to make good deals when we're out in D.C., right? Yeah, that's true. Hey, wow. Wow. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, fine. Uh, another issue that I could potentially see is Kyle Lowry, who... You know, I mean, it's not about Kyle Lowry, like, the playoff stuff, because mm-hmm. I think his role is completely different, and he, he plays a... I think right now, as a passer, he's it's, his scoring is not as uh, much of an issue, whereas in previous years, it was like, if he's not scoring, it's like, can Demari mm-hmm. Carroll light it up? It's like, no, Kyle Lowry just has to score at that point. Um, but, you know, for me, like, I'm looking at it in terms of, like, Kyle hasn't really scored over 20 points in about a month. And if you're looking at just 20-point games, Kyle has 15 of those this year. He had 21 last year and 36 a year before. And so I'm worried. Do you think Kyle Lowry's scoring is a bit of a concern heading to the playoffs? Just because, like, you know, in terms of guys who can create a shot, I think the Raptors do look for Kyle to at least, not, like, consistently, but at least for a few possessions, 
be a threat. And uh, and right now, the way I'm looking at it, he's basically only scoring off transition and spot up, and it concerns me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you for that. I think that there's definitely a fear that he might not be able to kick it back into dynamic mode, which is obviously what you need for the playoffs. But at the same time, I, I, I do think that a lot of that has been because of the way that the offense has changed in the in recent months. You know, I think the whole thing kind of operates in sort of the self-fulfilling way that doesn't put the burden on Kyle like it used to. And even earlier in the season, the way it used to. I mean, if even if he wasn't scoring, this, his assist numbers were ridiculous. So... You know, I don't I don't know. It's kind of like a flip the switch sort of situation. I have faith that he'll make intelligent decisions mm-hmm. and that when push comes to shove that they'll have enough creation because the one thing that I think is has been underrated this season is the fact that Siakam is kind of becoming a better pick and roll decision maker than Kyle is. Wow. And it's it's been incremental, and maybe it's not necessary that he's becoming a better decision maker, but it's just he's been putting in the being put in the situations while, like you said, Kyle is kind of just playing a little bit more on the margin. So I'm not necessarily that worried about their ability to create because I think between Kawhi, Gasol, Siakam, whatever you know, off the dribble moves you can get off from Kyle is probably actually ideal. Mm-hmm. That's that's a situation he's probably better suited to be in than to have the burden of actual o- offense creation. You know, he is a smaller guy, and we know that, you know, Isaiah Thomas is basically the only only uh, small point guard that we've seen really thrive in, in the playoffs and be better than they are in the regular season. So I think it might actually be one of those things where it makes Kyle look worse, but it speaks to a healthier team dynamic. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point because, you know, in previous years, again, like shot creation was just an issue. Mm-hmm. And if the Raptors weren't getting like if, if teams were basically shutting down the pick and roll and like forcing the Raptors to play one on one, it was like they it was like Colin, DeMar and both of them, quite honestly, like even Pascal this year, I feel like Pascal is like shot creation versus even DeMar, who was mm-hmm. definitely the best shot creator last year. Um, I think like Pascal might be even better than DeMar was, especially under, like, tougher defensive attention. Well, yeah, I think that spin move is just one of those moves where it's a little bit impossible to guard in the regular season. Right. We'll see what it looks like in the playoffs. I think the only thing keeping Siakam from being that guy is just having a pull-up three-point shot. Yeah, he's starting to take those pull-up mid-range shots now. I'm just like, I, I, okay. I see where your brain okay. is going, and I'm like, <laughs> I know what you're doing, and I really like it. Yeah. And if maybe, like, one or two years down the line, you start hitting pull-up threes, then that'd be, that'd be ridiculous. Um, yeah, I think... I agree. Like, I don't think Kyle's scoring is as big of an issue. I just think that, like, you know, there's going to be a couple of lineups where it's going to be, like, Kyle's going to be, like, the main star with, like, the bench in, like, the second quarter. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, how productive can you be during that? Um, but, I mean, like, even still, even, like, in previous years when Kyle was that, you know, lead guard with the bench units and stuff, he was still trying to create for other people for the most part. It wasn't necessarily his own scoring. That kind of created, and it's kind of weird to get to a point where Kyle's scoring is kind of like gravy, just because you can expect Danny Green to hit wide open threes, you can expect um, Pascal Siakam to create like, you know, eighteen points a game basically. Kawhi's gonna give you thirty, and Marcus Allen's gonna give you some offense as well. And so at that point, it's you know, Kyle scoring is kind of gravy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, what what an Look improvement at me being the optimistic one. Yeah, I was. Yeah. What what an improvement the Raptors have made. Where Kyle Lowry <laughs> scoring is just like yeah, whatever. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Um. Yeah, and, and you know, I think that really does speak to the fact that Masai's done a really good job, you know, with this team. Masai and Bobby Webster as well, because I think Bobby deserves a lot of credit for that Kawhi deal, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like the media doesn't vote on Executive of the Year; that's voted by the peers. But what's Masai's case? Do you feel like Do you feel like Masai should be a leading candidate for Executive of the Year this year. I think Masai has an excellent case. I know, like we talked about it a little bit earlier in uh, in the podcast, and I think he's been empowered by MLSC. I think he feels pretty secure in his uh, his position, but he is he's willing to take a lot of risks, mm. and that's I think that is you know sometimes not a great move for a GM, but I think for for Masai in this organization in particular. You know, you see a lot of teams make risky moves when they're trying to save their jobs. 
Masai could have kept this thing rolling forever and just comfortably had this position. Yep. And he actually took a risk that, you know, I don't think it adversely impacts his job security too much unless something unprecedented were to happen. Right. But he didn't have to do it, you know? Yeah, he really didn't. I mean, he like, it would have been weird. If they didn't, and they were, they were just like, you know, we're going to try it one more time. We had a three-year window. We're just going to stick to that three-year window. But, um, you know, he showed a lot of ambition. And I think, especially for executive of the year, like, it's not necessarily always about what you did that previous summer. Because mm-hmm. so much of team building is like a long-term thing. And if you look at where Masai was as compared to other GMs, like a lot of teams have been in this place where you got like one or two star players. Mm-hmm. You're good enough to make the playoffs. You go to the playoffs. You're not good enough to win the title. You're not good enough to beat the truly elite players, but you're there and you're at a reasonably, you're a reasonably successful club. And it's like, how do you go from that point to then keep advancing your mm-hmm. club? And I think you look at the things that Masai has done around the margins. Like when you trade a Gravis Vasquez for, you know, two draft picks that become Norman Powell and OG Anobi, which, you know, like, you know, they're not like world beaters by any means, but like still, those are productive bench pieces that you got mm-hmm. on minimum deals. And then you get a guy like Pascal Siakam, 27th in the NBA draft. like, the, And, you know, even a guy like Yaka Pirtle, um, mm-hmm. who they eventually flipped in a deal with for Kawhi. Like, I mean, Yaka Pirtle equaled Danny Green. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Um, like, these marginal moves, right? Like, you, you, you get Danny Green as a throw-in. Yep. A salary dump. He ends up being the role player of the year. Why did the Spurs salary dump? Danny Green. I, I don't know. Like, what was wrong with Danny Green? Like, I, I know he wasn't having, like, the best season, but I mean, what I think, other options do they have? I mean, honestly, I, th- I think it's easy to have a little bit of hindsight bias. If we looked at the year that Danny had before, he was injured. He's on the wrong side of 30. Mm. And I think, that, I think that the Spurs kind of always saw him as the Danny Green who came in and, you know, needed direction and wasn't able to uh, pull himself together to be a serious NBA player, even though he had grown so much in that system. And wow. you can kind of, you, you, you see that bear itself out now. But, you know, it's kind of like... We're the Spurs. We can just bring in any shooting guard. Exactly, And, bring, and right? it's true, though. Exactly. It is true. I mean, like, Derek White wouldn't probably mm-hmm. break out this year without Danny being there. But Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you undervalue your own ability to develop people. Wow. You know, some critics of the Raptors will say that right now about Well, I think sometimes the they overvalue place. it, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, like, if you compare Masai's case to, like, who are the, even the other candidates for executive of the year this year? I mean, I think Sean Marks deserves a lot of credit. Okay. I, th- I think yeah, that's one I of those awards that's been building up for a while. Yeah. And that, the, like, you want to talk about guys who are thriving when you know nobody else would have predicted them to that entire team you know joe harris spencer dinwiddie d'angelo russell jared allen jared allen yeah. oh, i mean jared allen you know, he's you know he's first round pick yeah but but still overperforming expectations I, exactly yeah and you know is now clearly primed to be one of the best centers in this draft and you, know, you can kind of go you can go down the entire roster with them mm-hmm. yeah. i was just down there so i think i'm just like looking at it through rose colored glass a little bit but they're i'm very impressed with their player development they do a lot of little things that uh I think, uh, you know, teams are going to start copying them. And you can read about that on Friday. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. That's called synergy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like, that's... Sean Marks is... And that's one of those things where it's like, it's not about what he did in the offseason, right? It's not like... Um, what, what kind of moves did he even make in the offseason? I'm not quite sure. But um, they, I mean, they did assign Dinwiddie to that pretty te- reasonable, team-friendly extension. Mm-hmm. Dinwiddie's pretty good, um, especially on that contract. I, like, I'm looking around the rest of the league. Like, there's not a very obvious candidate. Like, the Clippers um, executive staff, which I guess is, like, Jerry West and F- Lawrence mm-hmm. Frank and, Winger. I guess, Michael Winger. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, they did a decent job. Like, you know, like, it's incomplete. Like, if they mm-hmm. go and actually get the free agents they want this summer, like, okay, then at that yeah. point, you're, like, 100% that team, right? But right, right now, but then you would give it to them next year, right? Exactly, right. Yeah. Right now, it's just like, okay, cool. They made a decent Tobias Harris trade mm-hmm. to get some future assets, but, like... You know, aside from that, like, what else have they really done? And then it's, like, John Horst yeah. for signing Brooke Lopez, which, like, eh. I'm not, you know? I, <laughs> like, I, don't think, I don't think that the Bucks management deserves the credit that it's getting. I think this is... I'm not, I'm not giving a team credit for trading all its all of its future assets for getting marginal role players so they can get the one seed one year when they have Giannis locked up forever. Mm. Like, play the long game, you guys. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it looks great right now. What, like, what's they traded a first round pick for George Hill. Like, yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, what do you do? Like, I, all of this stuff looks fine right now, but uh-huh. you know what happens four years down the road when the Bucks still don't have a championship, and all of a sudden they can't replenish any of their talent. Mm. You know, that's a good point. Like, you have a gift right now with Giannis, and you know, yeah. I think I think they've made a bunch of other good moves. You know, Brogdon is fantastic. Yeah, and you know he's somebody that you found, uh, you know, just in 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 the margins in the second round. The second round, yeah. Middleton, another second second rounder. Right. Giannis, sixteenth. I I can't like remember. I feel like I, feel like like I should yeah. know that one off the top of my head. But again, not mm-hmm. not a lottery pick. You know, definitely not like a number one guy. Now he's he's. I think it's safe to say he's going to be the best player in in the league if he isn't already. So I think I think their their drafting has been awesome. Their free agency moves. I'm not that. Yeah, like, by. like they got guys that fit the system. They did, but it's like and you also you, you also added Mike Budenholzer, who that's is going to make a lot of these have. guys yeah. look a lot better. So I, th- I think they've made good moves, but I think they've made a lot of moves that I think have kind of worked out this year that you're going to look back at a, in a couple of years and be like, oh, mm. I don't hey, know about like the, that. One. It's like the Clippers, you know, the Clippers got to that point where they were like, oh, we're just going to add in a couple more town pieces, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's just take sh- one step back, you know, take one step back yeah, and yeah. allow this thing to develop a little bit more organically to make a little more sense because right now i think you got Giannis and a bunch of guys who look like they could be number two and we know that w- what that usually spells for for a team yeah that's true um by the way are, are you prepared for Giannis to be the face of the league hell yeah you, you think that'll work because i'm yes. worried because I'm, I'm i'm personally as a fan of the nba i'm worried about like lebron like this year he's already taken such a huge hit mm-hmm. in terms of his reputation like he'll get on obviously people are still gonna watch him next year and stuff but like It'll be like 35-ish, right? Mm-hmm. Like, once LeBron fades in like two, three years from like that top spot and like the top draw, like, who is that next guy? Because it's like, Steph is kind of like a little bit past it. We did the whole Steph thing for like a year and a half and it was like, whatever, 2016 finals had ended. No one likes KD at all. Mm-hmm. And Zion's probably a little bit too young. So it's like probably, it's probably got to be Giannis. Giannis is the evolution of the international nba okay he is he is basically its culmination do you feel like he americans are gonna so buy into much, that though they already are because okay. he's like he's like the perfect immigrant wow wow <laughs> like if we want to get political with this he's just this guy who came in he's like i love this opportunity i got he never talks about politics maybe he'll start as he kind of you know i think i think younger players just kind of shy away from it a little bit too and he's probably trying yeah. to get so sure. i don't know what he thinks about any of any of that stuff but he hasn't talked about it he loves smoothies he's like oh my god my girlfriend gave me a blowjob it's amazing yep. and no like nobody even imagine and every any other nba player doing that he just gets away with things because he's just like he's kind of just adorable you know yeah like he hits a he hits like an amazing shot in the fourth quarter and he tries to make a stank face and you're like oh my god Giannis, you're like mm-hmm. the seven foot baby i think he has just so much appeal he plays with so much joy and it reminds me of steph curry in a lot of ways and you know he's he's just there's something that anybody anybody can relate to like if if you had it hard growing up if you mm-hmm. grew up you know if you if you were a refugee if you're an immigrant yep. you know if you're just like I mean anybody like young kids like yeah, yeah. are probably I don't I don't know how young kids feel about him but they're probably like very enthused you know it's yeah, just for sure. I think there's a lot of mass appeal Yeah I mean from that perspective I think it would it it does work um I don't know. I just feel like you know, like there's never been like an international face of the NBA, right? Like, so the, I think that's you know, what I mean, it's always been Americans. It's yeah. like, and it, like America's always produced like spectacular number one talents and things like that. But I, I'm, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, Giannis is very captivating. Like, I I, I relate to Giannis. I think his story is like incredible, mm-hmm. and he's told it a couple of times. But I feel like it, it's one of those things that deserves like its own like series of like you know ESPN like interviews and things like this, where it's like just like blown up out of proportion. But um yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, there's still a bit of part of me that I'm just like, can I see Giannis as, like, the number one guy? Because, like, you know, like... Get ready. Even, yeah, I Get guess ready. so. Yeah. Um, what else do I have on this list? Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of Masai, though. So, I think Masai's gotten himself a, a good situation where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, this team is you know, primed to go deep into the playoffs and hopefully to the finals and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever happens there. Um, 
If we do look ahead, though, what would you do in the offseason? Because the Raptors are in this weird spot, right? Because they already have $135 million this year. I think this will be the first year the team is paying luxury tax, which, uh, I mean, it's deserved. If you have this much talent, you should just pay the luxury tax. But heading into the offseason, you have $110 million on the books. That's without accounting for Kawhi or Danny Green. And it's a, and it's assuming that Marcus Hall picks up his player option, which I think he probably will. It's $26 million. But, um, yeah, what do you do? With like, if Kawhi wants to come back, then are you looking at Danny Green thinking like, man, I can't really pay market rate for Danny Green? But then Danny Green's so important to the team as well. So I I think, you know, this if must if uh, Kawhi does come back, this will be a very I don't know, just jumbled and confusing summer. I think it will be. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't given this too much thought. Okay. So whatever your takes are. We can go with. I mean, I think, like, here's the thing. Like, it's almost easier if Kawhi left, right? And obviously, it's not good that Kawhi leaves, right? It's definitely Kawhi stay, please. But that's um, what they were. That was the logic behind the thing, right? It's a very clean rebuild once he Exactly, right? If if Kawhi left mm-hmm. and then, like, Marcus all picked up his player option, then, like, Gasol becomes a trade asset mm-hmm. in expiring year. Serge is a trade asset. Um, Kyle Lowry is a trade asset. And you just move those pieces and mm-hmm. they're all expirings and veterans and it's clean. Then you got Pascal. You got some other prospects here, and then you just kind of go with it from there. Um, but when you bring everyone back, I mean, I think number one is they probably have to talk Gasol into like a restructured deal where it's mm-hmm. like, th- you know, three years will give you f- forty five million, and you know, you you get some long term security, and it, it lowers the cap it a little bit. And then they probably have to do a similar thing with Danny Green, to be honest. And if I were Danny, I'd probably just take the biggest deal. Yeah, he, I think you just. Pro- I think you're just not keeping Danny. That's oh, that'd be so unfortunate. It sucks, but like I just don't think you are. But if you don't keep Danny, then what are you doing as shooting guard? I don't know, like, but you're probably like you like can't you, you can't, can't give, really go like you promote can't give Norm. years to him though. Yeah, would you rather have Norman Powell for the next three years or Danny Green for the next three years? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, there's also Jody Meeks. Don't forget about Jody. It's true. It's yeah. true. It's true. <laughs> Sharp shooting Jody Meeks. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that you probably, you start to look at other free agency options and see what's out there maybe. And maybe you look at what you can flip Surge and something else for as well. I think he definitely becomes a... Yeah, Surge could a, be a nice trade asset, actually. Mm-hmm. You mentioned. Maybe you maybe you flip Surge into like a, you know, a decent shooting guard and mm-hmm. you, you manage it from there. But Well, I think the thing that will, that will happen if Kawhi stays is... Well, there's a lot of ifs that happen before Kawhi stays, right? Number mm-hmm. one is probably making the finals. Yeah. You've already got Toronto being considered on the come up as a city. And all of a sudden, now you're a championship caliber team and you have this star who's incredibly low maintenance as well. You're in a, you're a destination now. Yeah. So I think that allows you to make some moves that you probably didn't weren't able to make before as well. That is true. Which is why I don't think that as much as Danny deserves it, you probably can't spend your cap space on him. My apologies to Yahoo Sports Canada. Yeah. Danny, please. Please. Just take a one year deal. Let's take a Yeah, take yeah, a, please. Take a one year. Take a one year, please. Um yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I yeah, because I think I th- this is probably his last big contract too, right? I j- That's why I think he should take the money. Plus, mm-hmm. he's had such a good year. He deserves, like, fully oh, deserves sure. yeah. to get a huge deal. And I'm sure there's yeah. one out there waiting for and him. And he to- can come back and, you know, do media forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For Yahoo Sports Canada. Of course. And other places. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly Yahoo Sports Canada. Yes. And Yahoo Sports. Yeah. Yeah, he could be Yahoo on the Sports. bounce. Yeah, for sure. He'd be great on the bounce. Maybe me and him could do a podcast. Yeah. Pitch it to him. All right. Well, up. You just claimed him already? Well, yeah. I mean, early right. bird. We're going to take a quick break to discuss <laughs> who's going to have a podcast with Danny Green from now on. But uh, when we come back, we'll take some Twitter questions. Welcome back to the Raptors recap. Still here with Sirit. We are going to take some Twitter questions. Uh, first one comes from my guy, Joshua. Which of the guys uh, that the Raptors have had on the roster at one point this season do you wish they still had heading into the playoffs? So you listen for us. JV, CJ, 
DeLon, Greg Monroe, Richardson. Eric Moreland's already been re-signed, um, and I guess he's just going to be insurance. But any of those guys interest you in terms of a playoff run? I mean, DeLon Wright getting these triple doubles out here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And also being – yeah, do we get like – Those are definitely not Michael Carter-Williams triple doubles, by the way. Those are real authentic yeah. triple – He's a, he's Russell Westbrook now, guys. I can't believe the Raptors gave up on him. I'm seriously, there yeah. are people on, on on Twitter that are just super unreasonable about everything. Yeah, I mean, I think that when you factor in the fact that after Fred, you kind of worry a little bit about point guard, and then just the size that he has. We just talked about guys that could potentially guard Kyrie Irving. I think DeLon Wright would be a perfect mm-hmm. name to throw into that mix. He's long, he's fast, you know, he's got good instinct. He had and good playoffs. Sh- Last year, I think. He did. He did. He's a he's a playoff type player, you know? Wow. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's honestly the one guy. Because, like, JV would be obviously... I think JV's the best player out of this group. Right, but he's just a little bit redundant. Yeah, and you have, like... there's no, Where would you find minutes for JV yeah. when Gasol and Ibaka are both here, right? So, yeah, I would say... Um, I would say DeLon as well. But let's extend this game to this entire 2014 run. Mm. You could pick any of the former Raptors... From the last five playoff runs, um, to join the team, not I mean not 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 Demar. Let's say not. Okay, DeMar. I was gonna say because yeah, that, that's a little bit unfair. But any of the supporting players. Oh, okay. Um, let me think. Who are the best? I would take twenty. Really? Yeah, I mean, Demar is. He just didn't. He kind of would have fit perfectly with the last two years' teams. What about PJ Tucker? Like, do we do we really have to do the PJ Tucker LeBron please stop meme okay. in real life? LeBron's not here anymore. That's just Giannis. It was just replacing it's, it's just Giannis. Giannis. Yeah. It's just Giannis. No big deal. P- okay, look, PJ did a decent job on Giannis. Giannis only had like twenty five points a game on like sixty percent shooting. Yeah, yeah. Giannis was a little bit smaller then too. Uh, well, how's he? Okay, when's he gonna stop growing? I don't know. I mean, that's that's a big question, right? Yeah. Because I don't think he's done quite yet either. And that's terrifying. I don't know if he wants to put on more weight. Maybe he does. That's like you know, that's between him and his sports scientist. But uh, yeah, I just it's scary. It's scary. The ceiling is terrifying on so many levels. With Giannis. Mm. Oh yeah, former player. No. I feel like Patrick Patterson. Maybe twenty fourteen Pat. Yeah, but he's I'm just dropped off so much. Yeah. In Oklahoma, um, it's, it's so wait, are we going with the versions of themselves that were on the Raptors? Yes. Oh, yes, okay. Not the current the, oh, now. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cross out Demari then. Yeah, cross out Demari. Cross out Pat. I can't yeah. believe I'm inside Pat. Uh, well, I think Pat would be interesting given the fact that he wouldn't be really asked to do too much, and it, like Kyle, it would be gravy, but in a different sort of way. The only thing, I, the only beef I had with Pat was just like playoff wise, Patrick Patterson. Just like there's such a drop off. There was, yeah. Yeah. I would might maybe Terrence. Interesting. Kinda. Would you rather have Terrence or Norm over the next three years? This is just a Norman you... Powell slash Giannis yeah. <laughs> episode. Uh, I'd probably, I would probably take Terrence. Yeah. I think it's easier for Terrence to get a shot than it is for Norm right. to get a shot. But Norm yeah. has, I mean, is Terrence way better going to the summer. And it will be a mistake for which team that signs him to a, a huge contract. So I just don't think he's like a starting caliber guy. Hmm. But he's already getting paid close to that, you know. Yeah. But. He's a really good shooter. Yeah, I don't know. I think the roster's pretty good. So we're yeah, just kind of like, I mean, you can add these guys. They're all kind of like, the Raptors, when they give up on these guys, they usually replace them with a version that's slightly upgraded. So it's kind of hard to Go say. backwards. Yeah. Yeah. It would still be DeLon, I think. It probably is still DeLon. Yeah. I think for me, like DeLon and PJ, those two. Yeah. Yeah. And PJ's gotten a lot better, too, I think, too. He has. Um, okay, next one from Nick. Gasol has established himself as a starter recently, but I'm sure there are some playoff matchups where Serge would be the guy who should play more minutes. So which teams do you think that applies to and why? It's nice of Nick to call in and ask a question. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, appreciate that. I mean, just thought he'd be too busy right now, but okay. Yeah. anyway, uh, I think uh, that was a Nick Nose joke. Oh, I yeah. see. I was going to say, I did Good, that's good. Thank you. I'm gonna erase that from Thank the podcast. You. I'm just gonna say, oh, <laughs> great joke. All right, keep going. Um, well, okay, let's. You want him start? You want Gasol starting against Embiid? I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with the Nets, you probably bring Gasol off the bench. Jared Allen, just a little bit yeah. more, you know. 
I'm not. I'm so honestly, I just the like, do you need to expend Martin Gasol in that series? I guess you know, just like a lot of younger, quicker, you know, a lot of guards that can that come off of pick and rolls and like to play off the dribble. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't think the Nets are good enough that uh, yeah. I'm changing my starting lineup. So I'm just Fair I might enough. just keep I might just keep Mark for that. Fair enough. Yeah, just maybe let him get get some reps against like Kyrie Light. I guess. Yeah, like super super light. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the Celtics are an obvious one. Yeah, that one you you probably got to run with Serge. I think Serge is like quickness wise is is a better option against Al Horford. Yeah, yeah. I think in bo- both guarding the pick and roll and and just guarding Horford one on one. Horford, who by the way is secretly one of the best isolation scorers in the league, just super yeah to think about. But yeah, he kind of bullied uh, Kevin Love last year. He did. Yeah, and, and and Love is pretty strong. Like he's a solid six ten guy. He he was definitely was, beating yeah. up CJ Miles. Man, yeah, CJ Miles uh, didn't get a lot of consideration for which guy you would bring back for the playoff run. I think as a person, though, as a person, as yeah. a broadcaster, one hundred percent, like nice human being, got to have in the locker room, got yep. to chat with, like one hundred percent would be CJ. Yeah. Who was it that uh, the Celtics have? Um, RJ Hunter has decided to he's just going to pay his own way and just be with the team, even though he's not on the team. What for the Celtics playoff run? Yeah, it's super adorable. That is so cute. Yeah, that's like. I mean, one... if like, but if there's one locker you you, you want to hit yourself, to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just sitting there like with popcorn, like I don't I don't need Shams to tell me what's going on. I right. just uh, I'm I'm just here to see it firsthand. Well, maybe that's that's a secret move. Maybe he's gonna write a book. That'd be a good book. I want. I, I would. I, I would actually. I mean, as much as I'd like to sign at the Celtics, like I would very much like to know what happened this season. Right, hey, RJ. If you want a ghostwriter, hit mm. either of us up. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, you'll be too busy doing the Danny parts. I guess I'll take that. I mean, I, I can I can handle it. Wow. Well, okay. It. Yeah. Um, next one from P. Kelly. Is there any more work I can take off your table? Just like make you just 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 take ten things. You know, take the okay, cool. whatever else I'm doing. Um, aside from making the finals or winning a championship this season, what are the most ideal outcomes for this team in the playoffs? For me, it'd be finally shedding our playoff reputation, whatever that entails. I think that actually would be great if the Raptors can just have one normal playoff run, mm-hmm. and regardless of the result, just actually feel confident and proud of how the team went. I think it just help the psyche of the franchise a lot more. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really all you can ask for because that, that will probably lend itself to a good result as well. Wow. Feeling confident is our championship. <laughs> oh. I think that's... Oh, <laughs> God, that just speaks to the city so well. Like, it just hurt. That, that hurt. <laughs> it's true. It really is. Yeah, I mean, no, it hurt because you're right. <laughs> uh, Ouch. Yeah. No, I, I, would, I, I would like to... I would like to... Honestly, like, just at the end of the playoff run... Like, 2016 a little bit because, like, fans were, like, clapping and, like, mm-hmm. LeBron was like, oh, Doris, look at look at the Toronto crowd here. This is amazing, right? But, like, the Raptors well, had lost that game by, like, 50 points. Yeah, him and his favorite reporter are just like, yeah. oh, this, this team, they're so cute. They're yeah. just... <laughs> it's like, look at them. I've smacked them. They're <laughs> clapping for me. It's great. They're like, they're like, a, they're like a couple sending, sending good dog pictures to each other, essentially. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. see... I, I I honestly I really dislike LeBron. <laughs> I just I dislike LeBron after all these runs, and like I I hate that I do because mm-hmm. LeBron seems like such a great guy. Otherwise, but it's just I don't know what else you can feel about that. But yeah, I mean, feeling good about the Raptors would be a championship. That that's 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 where I'm sticking with that one. Next one from Marcos. Can we get some Paul Pierce slander, or is he doing a good job on his own? First off, he's doing a great job on his Excellent. own for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like you know that like the meme that's like no. nobody. <laughs> Colon and then Paul Pierce will say something like that's that's Paul Pierce that's it really he's the is. nobody meme it really is I mean I don't know what we expected from Paul Pierce though because if there's one thing that was very true to his career it was an oh like an overinflated understanding of where he stands vis a vis other superstars do you feel like that's because he was in Boston for so long and Boston really pumps their players. Probably on some level. I think there's some, some of that is just inner irrational confidence, which probably did allow him in certain moments to be better than those stars. And then those moments and probably inflate him even more because he's like, hey, look, LeBron, I did this, I did that. Like, So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. you can tell that he doesn't have inappropriate respect for the guys who were slightly younger than him that ended up actually whooping his ass and were clearly better players than him. Yeah. I mean, like, Dwayne Wade, like, in that finals, I mean, whatever you want to think about the officiating, like he didn't, he was like Jordan esque mm-hmm. in that twenty six or two thousand six finals, and he was like in his third or fourth year. Like I don't, Paul Pierce never even got close to that level. Like Paul Pierce no. is, he's really he wasn't just even like, the best player on the championship team. 
No, he's not. He's like Joe Johnson with a headband. Like he's like. like oh, let's let's bring back those like Paul Pierce is this person with this memes right now. <laughs> yeah, like, those, like, those were the best. No, but like I mean, Paul Pierce was nice, but like you mm-hmm. know, like I mean, like, was he nice? His his honestly, I mean, his playoff record without KG was like Demar level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I liked watching Paul Pierce a lot. I mean, we, sure. You, you know, he kicked Chris Bosh in the groin once on a dunk. Mm. I well, kicked the Raptors in the groin a couple times too. So. Yeah, that's the thing. As a Raptors fan, like I don't feel one hundred percent confident in slandering Paul Pierce. Right. Having said that, um, what did Masai say about Paul Pierce? We don't give a shit about it. And then they got swept. Yeah. 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 That's unfortunate. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Paul, I mean, look, Paul Pierce is not better than Dwayne Wade. That was ridiculous. No, I mean the other one that that happened right before that was when Paul was like. Well, if the game is on the line, who are you giving the ball to, me or Clay Thompson? And, like, a silence falls over the room, you know? Like, like you're just like, oh. I mean, honestly, oh. if it's, like, creating a shot, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll give it Even to Paul Pierce. still. What? Okay, Paul Pierce with that, like, mid-range, like, the, the step back from, like, that elbow area. He was deadly with that. He was, but Clay's got some game, though. I mean, he's got a great post game. He doesn't need, he doesn't yeah. really need a lot to create his shot, you know? That is true. I mean, I would think about it, but if it was, like, just dribbling at the defense for some reason, I would probably pick Paul for that. But, I mean, otherwise, no. Yeah, otherwise, I think Clay's no. just uh, just an underrated ball handler because he dribbles like a Republican. 100%. Him just... and TJ McConnell have the same <laughs> dribble yeah. dribble moves. All right. Uh, next one from Jason. Could Kyle Lowry's jersey go up before tomorrow's? Oh, he's going to retire first, so, yeah. I'm that sorry, that sense. wasn't a very exciting answer. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see Kyle and Damar team up again sometime down in the future. That'd be that'd be nice. It'd be really adorable. Yeah. It'd yeah. be like uh, LeBron and D-Wade last year. I mean, if Masai ever leaves, Damar could return. Wow. Yeah, I'm good. I'd rather have Masai. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just yeah. saying in the possibility that it happens. I mean, because Damar is still, oh, yeah. like, he's going to be around for a while. And I'd like to see Masai and, and Damar eventually reconcile. They're two very important. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. it's like they'll do it now. It'll be like many years down the road, but... They're both two such important franchise figures that yeah. I don't want to see them clash for yeah. any reason, you know? Um, next one from Toronto Raptors BR. I think that's for Brazil. Um, what do you think about Raptors fans and its growth uh, along the years? Um, like, you know, f- him from personally, he's a Brazilian Raptors fan account. So mm-hmm. I guess it's sort of expanded a lot. And um, yeah, I think, you know, in terms of just like cultivating the international fan base, you know, being the only team that's not in the United States, like, I think. The Raptors have always done a good job of sort of at least uh, acquiring international type players, especially during Brian Colangelo's era when he brought like every European basketball player yeah. over possible. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think even over the last couple of years under Masai, like there's really been a focus to sort of, you know, not just focus on American talent, but look in every corner of the globe. And you get a guy like Bruno, even, right? Yeah. Which, like, I mean, where do they find Bruno? But, mm-hmm. like, um, I think the Raptors done a really good job of building an international brand. I just hope that, uh, you know, it, it pops. Because at least for me, like, I see a lot of, like, Chinese fans and stuff like that. Like, they're just bandwagon fans. Like, they'll follow whoever's hot. And, like, Raptors have never been, like, Warriors-level hot or, like, mm-hmm. Heat-level hot to actually draw fans. But hopefully they, they kind of recognize um, what the Raptors have always, you know, prioritized. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think these play- playoffs maybe are the ones that could help them kind of explode onto the scene that way. Because it does take an inciting moment. Yeah. Jeremy Lin is on the team. Jeremy Lin is on the team. Yeah. yeah. That's two billion fans right there. Right. So, I mean, there's there's definitely, there's the ingredients are there. You just kind of need a little bit of luck and for a couple of things to, to go the right way. I mean, the best sort of marketing explosions are usually a result of of that. And, you know, I think I think the Raptors, like, under Messiah, have kind of finally done it the right way. You know, Brian Colangelo is like, hey, this guy's international. Yeah. We'll bring him on. But, like, he's the guy that everybody knows about. Whereas, you know, now the scouting is just so rigorous that mm-hmm. it's only natural to mine from the places that don't have a lot of attention and a lot of those p- places happen to be not in the united states yeah because it's already saturated every mm-hmm. scout is basically in the states anyway um yeah i think i mean you know like I, I was thinking about it over the last calendar year the raptors have had like a player from every single continent um outside of like antarctica you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe, maybe yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some like out there. Yeah, like we, I mean, that's where the scouts need to start going. That was the rest Bigfoot, of the... like it's over. <laughs> it's over for Giannis. We yeah. find Bigfoot, man. It'll be like the snowball bomb, basically. Um, that would be so on Brad. Oh yeah, 
Oh, yeah. And only, only when Masai would find mm-hmm. upon that out, you know? Just on a trip to Patagonia, and he goes too south, and he's like, oh, there's a seven-footer Oops, right here. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, like, they've had, like, Pascal and Serge. They've had Jeremy. Um, you know, they have Gasol now. They had JV. You know, even, like, you know, they've had Gravis Vasquez the last couple of years, and... You know, Bebe and Bruno, mm-hmm. like they've gone everywhere to look OG. for talent. OG, exactly, right? Mm-hmm. They've they've gone everywhere to look for talent, and uh, I think that's 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 a good team building approach. And then last question. Uh, well, actually, no, sorry. There's two more questions. Uh, this one from Jeremy: Who's the biggest X factor off the bench for the Raptors in the playoffs? I mean, uh, it's hard to say when we don't like. It's like who's coming off the bench, right? Okay, let's let's take out Serge or Gasol. Okay. Those guys are as X factors, like they're reliable veterans. Yeah, uh, I'd say probably uh, probably OG. OG. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think he he's had a, a tough year for very justifiable reasons, and you know, I think maybe kind of having some time and remove and considering the playoffs the second season could hopefully allow him to kind of reset. And uh, yep. and maybe just getting into the rhythm of like an actual series where, you know, I think as much as things get crazy in the playoffs, they also calm down in ways that benefit a lot of different types of players. Especially guys like Oju, who are just like, if like he's had a lot of issues this year where he's trying to do too much, mm-hmm. and if you're in the playoffs, you're like, forget trying to do too much. I'm just gonna stick to my game, yeah. and you know, and allows you to settle into a series a little bit yeah. too. And he just uh, he doesn't seem like somebody who. Would shy away from the moment. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm going to pick Norm just for nostalgia. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Expecting anything out of Norm is... is Norman it, Norman. Yeah, it's just never wise. Although every year, though, there is the Norman Powell's the X Factor. Every year for like the good... last, like, three years. I mean, I, 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 th- I think you're, you're, a little, uh, you're a little pessimistic on Norm. He's had some pr- really strong performances this year. He has, he has. And he just had a great one against the Heat. But, uh, I don't know. He's just he's just so inconsistent. It's just weird to, to count on him. And he's broken your heart before, and you're not ready to yeah, well, let okay. it back in yet. And yeah. He'll work on that. Yeah. All right. Uh, last one from Chris. Is Nurse saving his end-of-game plays for games that matter? A.K.A., does Nick Nurse have a playoff switch? We've talked about Kawhi having a playoff yeah. switch. What about that Nick Nurse playoff switch? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think he's definitely a little bit too conservative. In those moments, for sure. Uh, especially, like, you've seen some games where it's a tie, and I get it. You don't want to turn the ball over, and mm-hmm. you have a really strong isolation player in Kawhi Leonard who can just is so steady and on balance that he can always get a shot. Like, you're not too worried about uh, about things flaming out, and then you kind of leave it up to, like, the 45-55 versus 55% chance of it going in. I understand that. But if you're down, no. Yeah, come up with a good play, yeah. please. Yeah. Um. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I could see him saving some stuff, for sure. I mean, I, I definitely think, he's, think he's, he's got some stuff up his sleeve. Yeah, I think people have like unrealistic expectations. When you hear a coach say, like, I'm saving stuff, it's not like he's going to run this like crazy play right. that they never tried before. Because, like, yeah. especially during more moments, like, you got to practice those things. You need game reps, right? It's probably just like, as Nurse has said, like, you have certain things you want to get into and you, how you disguise what the play is before that play actually unveils right. is probably honestly what he's hiding. So mm-hmm. I don't really think there's going to be a, a, like a super next level to what the Raptors are playing offensively. Again, like I don't think they need to either. Like the, the offense runs pretty well. So I think that does for the podcast. Sirit, um, thanks so much for coming on. What do you want to plug um, in terms of your 
upcoming stories, you know, where people can find you and your work and stuff? Uh, you can find my work on Yahoo Sports, hey, where you gang. can also find this podcast. Yes. And uh, I will have my Taking Five column. Which is I great. Know. You should read that every week. It's Fridays? Thursdays. Thursdays. Sometimes Fridays. Yeah. Um, I can't. I've, there's immigration issues, and I can't write when I'm in the United States, so sometimes it's Fridays. Okay. Um, it will be on this Thursday, and okay. uh, I'll have a Raptors preview. Nice. And I will also have a piece on the Nets, which will be somewhat of a preview. I think all of okay. anything written right now is tailored towards the playoffs. Okay, cool. So we look for that on Yahoo Sports and uh, follow Sirit on Twitter. Is it still... Sirit Sophie. Oh, it, you changed it away from... Yeah. yeah. We the, leveled the, up. Wow. It's more professional. Rest in peace, uh, Damien Triller. Pour one out. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks everyone for listening to Rapids Over Everything. I said on the previous podcast that we should get to 200 uh, ratings and we have done that, so... I thought it would take until the end of the month, so maybe I got to set the bar higher at 300 or something. But please, uh, uh, please keep rating, reviewing uh, on iTunes, and a huge thank to everyone who's uh, supported the show so far. And uh, I'll be back next week with another episode of the Raptors Recap. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.